Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker, author, and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Unlimited Access series, where Dr. Jones teaches on various aspects of Christian prayer. Because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, believers have unlimited access to dialogue with our Father in heaven. Now let's join them for today's message. I'm going to invite you, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 11. Luke 11 verse 5 says, He also said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from inside and say, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I have gone to bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is friend, yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Today's title is Unselfish Prayers. Most times in our prayers, if we're honest, if we're true to, if we're going to keep it 100, most of the time we're praying for Numero uno, right? It's all about me, what I want, what I need, what I see, what my circumstance is, the issues of my life. And that's pretty much consumes all of our prayer time when we're talking to the Lord. And yet, in the context of this passage, it's following just after Jesus is teaching them in this gospel how to pray and how they should pray when they pray. And then he gives this example. He gives this parable. He gives this story of an example of prayer and how God responds to our prayers. And what caught me in particular was this angle that Jesus came to those listening, to his disciples in his teaching on prayer. And in this example, the prayer and the going to God is not about you, but it's actually for somebody else. The example he gives. But today, as we close out this prayer series, as we've looked at what God's word has to say about our access to God, how we can go to him boldly, we can go to him anytime we need to, 24-7. He's open to hear from us. We don't have to go to somebody else to pray for us. We can actually pray, meaning I don't have to have a priest. I don't have to have a pastor. I don't have to have a bishop. I don't have to have somebody praying. I can actually talk to the Lord myself. We looked at that. We talked about how God does listen to the prayers of others as we pray for one another. Today, we're going to dive into that even a little more. We looked at our confidence in prayer. How can we, we can be confident? And we looked at how powerful prayer is, how our prayer lives actually, you know, we talk about our faith. How can move mountains? Our prayer lives. He talked about how Elijah shut the skies up just by praying. And he said he was a man just like me and you. We think these 
biblical characters and these biblical times and historical people are just so much holier than us when we fail to realize they were just dudes and ladies like me and you. They had their inadequacies. They had their insecurities. They had their fears. They had their doubts about God. They were concerned more about people than they were about God. I mean, they were like us. And yet they experienced God at different levels because they trusted God. And it's all written that we may be encouraged. We looked at all these things, and today I want us to close out and start thinking about how our prayer lives, how powerful, how confident with this access, but it's not to be limited just to us. We need to spend just as much time praying for others, even when it does not affect us. Even when we don't benefit from it. Even if it's, matter of fact, we, we've talked about how we're praying for our enemies and blessing those. We've talked about that before. We need to talk about today. How can we pray for our enemies and those that are against us? Sincerely. But I want us to focus on this. And this story, this, this thing that Jesus gave me just, just blew me away in this passage. And the first thing he sets up in this story, and I do want to pick up on some things that Jesus says because he does paint this picture that I believe he wants us to understand about how we approach God. And the first thing he starts off with, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him. By the way, his, his example of us going to God is giving an example of us approaching a friend. I mean, he's picking up on something even theologically that we find in Genesis, even up into the gospel when Jesus is speaking. And he's letting us know, reminding us that by faith in Jesus Christ, we actually have friendship with the Lord. You know, many of us, we had babies going to school or we got, you know, nephews and nieces going to school and you're going to school. And one of the things you're concerned about is like, you, you know, as parents, you want your kids safe. You want them to do good in school. You, you know, you want them to be on task and you don't want them to embarrass you. That's kind of them three that just get you. Don't embarrass me. Do what you're supposed to do, and Lord, keep them safe. If I can get those three, we good. But sometimes, it, doesn't it make your heart proud when they come home and they actually start to build true friendships where they don't feel lonely? You know, true friendship. But that's, that's true for any of us when we move to a different place. You know, we can feel lonely. We can feel isolated. And it's something about when you find a true friend, how it brings a comfort. It brings a confidence. It brings, because we're built for relationships. Jesus paints this picture because he wants us to understand, again, we have this, 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 this particular relationship with the Lord, and it is one that is a friendly relationship. It's not one like in the Wizard of Oz when the tin man was approaching the whiz and was shaking and scared. Yeah, we, he's a consuming fire. We don't play with God, yet he's good. He's a friend, and Jesus picks up on this at the very beginning. By genuine faith, we truly become friend with God. We see this with Abraham and his seed. When you have a true best friend, there's an openness. There's a bareness. Like, they know you. You, you, don't, you don't have a problem sharing with them. You don't feel any kind of judgment when you talk to them. You're totally open. Acquaintances, you, you know, you, you kind of hide a little bit from. You know, people that you just cool with, you know, you don't share everything with. But when you have a true friend, you lay it all out. They know you, and you know them. There's something that's very important when we understand friendship and that type of relationship is that when we understand that we have this true friendship with God, there should be a comfort level that we can come to God with all our bruises, with all our mistakes, with all our mess on us, knowing that he cleans us up, knowing that he loves us, and he's there for us. 
We understand how he loves us. I, you know, I love to tell stories, and it's, it gets easier when you become a parent. But I remember somebody sharing this, something like it, and I remember the first time it happened to me, and I'm not going to say which baby, but one of my babies, we was potty training. And when you potty training, training don't mean they're experts yet, does it? They're learning. And I remember I came in that bedroom one day, and it was like I did not want to be in the house. I wished... My wife was there by herself, and she just told me the story. But I so happened to walk in, and it was everywhere. Hands, the carpet, the wall. And I'm like, but what, is, what does a loving father do? I stepped in, cleaned my baby up, cleaned up my baby's mess. Why? Because they're not equipped to do it. They needed me to do it. Same is true when we come to God because my baby came with no shame. Look, daddy. That's the relationship we have with our father. It's one of friendship. It's one of love. And we should not be ashamed to come to him. Why am I stressing this point? Look the type of story that he's given. He says, suppose you had this friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend. That's a relationship. Friend, lend me some loaves because I had somebody else come in. Notice, they don't even say anything like you know him. Somebody, another friend of mine came in. I don't have anything to give him. Came at midnight. The response is, uh, I'm in bed. My kid's in bed. Go away. In this story he given, this culturally, this is an issue because in this time when, when, when you know, they didn't have street lights like we do. Y'all know that, right? You know, when, when stuff shut down, you know, nighttime stuff, it, it was shut down. You're talking about at midnight. He paints this picture of an uncomfortable unlikely time of approach yet based off relationship and based off of need of others this person has no shame I'm stressing this point because when we understand our relationship even when it's uncomfortable in it when it seems like it shouldn't it might not be the time but based off of the relationship we still approach we still go to the Lord And Jesus, in his teaching on persistence in prayer, because ultimately that's what this is about, is being persistent and being bold. But in this example, he gives this persistence and this boldness is not for himself, but it's concern for the need of someone else. Like I'm challenging us to be concerned for the needs of others. Not just our own, but be concerned for the needs of others. We have a natural bent for selfishness. We have a natural bent for numero uno. We have a natural bent for self-preservation and to take care of me and you on your own. That's our natural bent. But we have to be taught, one, to share. And then we have to be transformed from the inside out to have a sincere genuine concern, care, empathy, and sympathy for others. And that comes by the indwelling Holy Spirit because you place faith in Christ. Outside of that, you ain't going to care about anybody else. And most times when people talk about like they care about somebody else, it's really for them to get notarized how much they care about somebody else. Why? Because they don't do it in secret. They let the world know. You know how much I just gave? You know what I just did? You know what I just donated? But then the people that you really see their hearts is when you find out years later, I didn't realize somebody did this. They never said anything. Why? Because it's out of genuine concern. 
We hope this message is blessing you today. Before we continue, we want you to know about Point Ministry resources. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org and subscribe to receive our refuel devotional and view other discipleship materials. Our goal is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. In this example that Jesus gives, he paints a picture of one who is genuinely concerned with somebody else. He says, hey, you are this friend and this friend is coming in. They have nothing. I have nothing to give them. Could you please lend me? I mean, even the heart of the story that Jesus is giving is, he says, lend. He didn't even say give, meaning connotation. I'm even going to pay you back. I'm going to give it back. I just don't have it right now. So he's not even trying to take advantage of a relationship. He's not trying to take advantage of a situation. He's trying to take care of a friend. With, he's going to repay another friend. He has a genuine concern. See, I say this because in Philippians 2, 3, The scripture says, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. See, most times we think of our own best interests and leave others to, you know, what they what they have. Most times our our mindset is like, well, they got to fend for themselves. I take care of me. I'm on the ground and I'm taking care of mine. They got to take care of them. When actually we know people and we have relationships with people and we have friendship with people and we have past relationships and friendships with people people that we grew up with but just life kind of took us in different directions and we don't stay in contact anymore i'm challenging you to be concerned for their needs and be praying on their behalf be praying that god answers and gives them the things that they need this is part of those two great commandments that Jesus gave us. When Jesus asked, what's the greatest commandment? It's funny, his response was two. Because he's saying these two are connected. Love God with everything you have. With all your mind, soul, body, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. See, this is part of that love your neighbor as yourself. How you look out for yourself. You know how you can be mad at yourself but still take care of yourself? You know, you can be upset with yourself, but you're going to make sure you, you, you okay too. The same is true for others. You can be upset with somebody and still pray and look for their needs to be met. This is part of that love on one another that we go to God on behalf of others. Our third thing is, I talked a little bit about approach boldly. Jesus said he goes at midnight and notice that he said he goes at midnight and he's asking uh, for some bread, knowing that the situation. Because this is a friend, so he know he got kids. He knows this is an inconvenience. He know he's bothering the whole household, not just the friend, but the whole household. This boldness, Jesus says, is what actually is why it's granted. It's why it's given. You know, I remember hearing about uh, a story where there was a... Uh, a certain boss who was very hard, you know, and people were all afraid to be, you know, fired. This boss didn't play, and it was his way, and you're going to do it like he wants it, and uh, people were always scared to speak, and people were always scared to give suggestions, and people were always scared to, to speak up if anything was wrong because they feared for their jobs, like like most of us. They feared that you know, if I say something, I'm going to get chopped. And then one day in a, in, a, in, a, in a staff meeting, there were some serious issues going on, and 
And a, and a young man just felt like, look, I got to say something. And he stepped up and, and, and said it right to the boss's face. And everybody was nervous. Everybody was scared. And everybody just knew, oh, he gone tomorrow. He ended up getting a promotion. Because the boss was like, I've been waiting on somebody. See, that's the, what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody that's strong, that's bold, that, got, that has the gumption to step up and make the hard decisions and to say what needs to be said. In this passage, he says that, I tell you, he won't get up, in verse 8, and give him anything because he's his friend. So he says, this, this answer is not even based off the relationship. It's actually based off the boldness. Yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Jesus paints this picture. Yeah, you are a friend, but when God sees your boldness, when God sees how serious you are, God responds. Like the Lord responds to it. And this is Jesus telling this. He's letting you know, I, the Lord desires for you to be bold before him. James 4, the end of verse 2, he says, you do not have because you do not ask. Think about that. He says, you don't have because you do not ask. So much we're so afraid to ask God for stuff and then we get mad where we are. And he says, you don't have because you don't ask. Because of what Christ has done, let us approach God with boldness and in the attitude we're praying for others. I Meaning, I need to know what's going on with other people's situations so I can pray for them. That's why I'm always encouraging us coming together at church, you know, gathering together, us hanging out together, us doing life together so we can know one another, so we can know what's going on. I tell you, put the praise reports or the prayer requests on the card so we can be praying for you. Why? Because we see God wants us to pray for one another. God answers the prayers of others for others. Some of us, we're not receiving things and we're not seeing God move because we're failing to recognize how all this starts to work together when it comes to being part of the body of Christ and us looking after one another, us doing life together. We're so used to in our, I'm going to say it like this, westernized philosophy where it's a lot of lone ranger type of mentality. You know, I do, I do, and everything I get is off my effort when we fail to realize how, no, this is a team effort. You know, it's a, it's, it's, it's actually a unity because we are the body of Christ. Many members, one body. He says, we want us to pray. And our prayers, and y'all heard me say this over and over. Our prayers show our trust in him. Our persistence in prayer shows how much we trust him. He wants us to be bold and he wants us to be persistent. And lastly, expect answered prayer. Expect the answer. Expect it. You know, so many of y'all, y'all got up and you put a lot of effort into getting your clothes together and ironing. Sometimes that's inconvenient. You know, you look up and you, you sometimes, I, I don't know if you like me, sometimes I pick what I'm going to wear based off if I need to iron it or not. I have in my mind, I'm going to wear this and I pull that shirt out. I ain't wearing that today because I don't feel like ironing. You know, and then sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and say, I got to go on and iron this. But you need to put a lot of effort in the ironing. Why? When you do all that effort of getting that board out and plugging in and waiting and then getting that water in there, because I need that steam. I don't know about y'all, I need that steam. And put that steam going and then you get the iron and you put all, and some stuff is even more difficult to iron than others, depending on the cut and the angles and everything. Like sometimes I, I, women's clothes are just terrible to iron. The angles 
oh my gosh, but you know, you put in that effort, you don't put all that effort to, you get mad if it's your fault if you look at it and it's not straight. Well, if I'm going to put all that effort in, that thing needs to be crisp. I need to be flat. Right? When I do all that, I expect what it's going to look like. Now, when we're approaching God boldly, when we understand this relationship when we have, when we are persistent based off of his word, not even just the hope we have, based off of his word and everything we've been seeing, Jesus Christ, everything we've been seeing about what God has said, everything we've been seeing about what the apostles that have been sent by Christ have been teaching us about prayer, we need to be expecting God to answer. That's in Luke 18, last time we talked about this persistence in prayer. God has given faithful promises to his children, and he is faithful to deliver. We got to expect that he hears us. He does not delay. And he wants us not to just spend our efforts in prayer on ourselves, but others too. Like Sometimes we need to see ourselves as a fire hydrant. You know what a fire hydrant is? You know, if I remember when I was little, I used to look at a fire hydrant and wonder, how is this thing holding all that water? Like, you know, you see, and it's like, you know, and I was like, I know I'm not, you know, I might not be the the smartest kid, but I'm, you know, I was standing there and look sometime, and you know, it's like we're like it's 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 not small, but it's definitely not that big to hold all that water you see the firemen shooting out. When you start to, you know, you get a little older and you realize, oh, all the water not in the hydrant. It's just a it's it's a conduit. It's 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 a, it's, it's a vessel that's used to where the water passes through. So it's not holding the water. The water's coming from another source, but it's used to actually direct the water where it needs to go. We need to be more like fire hydrants when it comes in our prayers to where, yeah, the power and everything is not in us. The power is somewhere else. But God is using us to direct his power, his flow, what he's going to be doing, how it's going to be used. And it's not just for our own benefit, but it's for where it needs to go in the benefit of others. Expect it. We expect it and we know that he's hearing just like He's told us we know we have eternal life by faith in Christ. And I talk about, you know, it, God hears. There's this last story in, in Acts chapter 12, and it, and it always gets me because it gets me in so many ways. Peter gets arrested and thrown in jail for preaching the gospel. You know, he's, he, he won't shut up, and he, he, it's Things are getting in an uproar because he's talking about this Jesus and we need to follow Jesus. And they throw him in jail for it. And the Bible says that the believers, the other Christians, they were in the other house and they were praying fervently, the text says. Praying fervently that God would release Peter. And the scripture said that Peter was actually chained up and he was between two guards. So he wasn't just like left by himself or he wasn't left where he could, you know, uh, be you know, Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible and figure out a way to get up out of there. He was chained between two guards. And the scripture says that, you know, Lord, sent an angel, loose his chains, told him to get up, walked him out. It was so miraculous that Peter thought he was dreaming. And then he shows up, and this is what trips me out. Not only does God hear the prayers of the believers praying for his release, God answers that prayer, but even when it's answered for Peter, he don't even believe it. Because he's like, this is just too much. 
So when he realized, he goes to the house where they're still praying. He knocks on the door. They open the door, close it, and think it's a ghost. Because they're like, there's no way he's here. Like, they have no expectation God heard them. But they're still praying, and they don't even expect God to answer. And then they open up and realize, God, like, like heard us and answered our prayer, and God set it free. I love that historical account. Because it shows them, they just like us, y'all. It's just like, like they were told to pray, we're going to pray. God answered, it's too good to be true. Like, is God really? And it's really to show us, yes, God is really. God, he's really that amazing. He is really that awesome. He is really that faithful. He is really that almighty. So we need to expect God to move. And he may move in unexpected ways. That may sound kind of funny. Expect God to move in unexpected ways. Expect God to answer even specifically what you pray for. Because sometimes that'll blow our minds. It'll be to the T. And we don't just spend it for ourselves. But if we're going to be whole, if we're going to be walking this thing out like Christ has called us to, yes, we pray for ourselves. But we don't spend all our prayer time just praying for us. We pray for others. We want to be a blessing to others, and we're here for the benefit of others as well. God is faithful. God is true. And he wants to show you how faithful he is and how he works through you, even for others. Amen. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the Unlimited Access series, where we learn what prayer is and how to strengthen our prayer life. If this ministry has blessed you and you would like to partner with Point Ministries, please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. Also, if you would like to hear more from the Unlimited Access series, please visit daryljones.org. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.